What's going on, man? He's my guy. How are you? I'm good, man. Man, listen, when when I seen that uh I seen that reminder come up, I'm looking at the email. I'm like, okay. Yeah, 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 everybody. And I'm glad it sends out a reminder because it gives people a, a little bit of time to prep, you know, just in yeah. case they gotta move stuff around or get comfortable in their zone, man. Yeah. Yeah. So how you been like how you been lately? Um Adjusting. You, know, to, you know, it's you know, life life is is something right about now, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. It's different. It's definitely different. It's uh the world is is vastly different for me now. So, uh, just trying to you know maintain, as I say, maintain the struggle, stay out the way, you know, mind my own business. Yeah, you know, low key profile, you know. Yeah, that's that's why I used to really really do that, but for a while I did not. But um, I am quickly going back to invisibility. That's one of the best ways to do things sometimes. Uh, people don't need to know what you got going on until you yeah. say something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I've taken that demeanor for years. You know what I mean? It's, no, you always did. It's a continuation you of Bible did. study. You always did. You was kind of always like, you was there. You know, people yeah, know. Yeah, but you know, I'm like, a, uh, someone told me I was like a, a shadow. Like, I roam <laughs> around everybody. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you see him, but he ain't, you know, he, he not, yeah. not touchable. Like you see him, but you, you can't touch him. You and know? honestly, I think, I think for, um, for the people that kind of operated like that, they have different outcomes than a lot of the people that were always in the center of the mixes. Like yeah. it's just yeah. different lives. And no so, disrespect to no one who wanted to yeah. be seen, but I know yeah. people that wanted to be seen and that uh-huh. was it. They had nothing else going for them. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of like I compare that now to the social media era. Oh, yeah. You have people who just want to be seen and just be famous, but there is nothing else behind there. It's just all superficial. They don't have any businesses going on. They don't have anything. There's, there's nothing behind them but that. Bruh, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> like, maybe about two and a half, three years ago, I started consulting. Mm-hmm. And dealing with like um small business development um non-profit scaling and so many people like man this is my business this is my business i'm like that's cool and i'm instantly checking people out i'm going directly to the state of illinois websites and i'm like bro you don't have business mm. literally don't have a business everybody in business nobody's in business everybody hustling and then when stuff comes around like you know the covids and people like man i'm trying to get this money i'm like you're not set up to operate as a business because you've always hustled and while that yeah. might be cool at some level it's not not incorporate no LLC, man. Don't nobody anybody dealing with you, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've even had people like that I've talked to that like want to do a lot of nonprofit work, but they didn't want to do paperwork. And I'm like, as much as you want to do, you're not going to get real checks until you have a business. Because when you get a real check, they'll be like, oh, I'll cut you fifty thousand, I'll cut you hundred thousand. But I'm like, where's it going? Where am I making this out to? Right, you know what I'm saying? But they ain't gonna just. Just because you cool like that, don't. Nah, it ain't no cash, so I'm just going to hand you some cash. Right, yeah. Like, people want to know where that money is going. They want to be able yeah. to track these, these uh They need transactions. to write that off, you know? They don't understand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and that was one of the things, man, I, I tell some of the young brothers when I'm when I'm around them. It's cool. Like, I get it. Like, y'all want to be popping. I guess they say, you know, they clout chasing or whatever it is that they do. I don't know. But all that's cool. But in the end... Uh, what is it? What what's the what's the what's the plan? What's the work? What's the goal? 
You know what I mean? Like getting getting famous and all that shit is cool, man. But I prefer some some cash in my pocket and in my bank account. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. And I tell, and I, tell I, I tell them sometimes I got more money, and I used to say I I got more money in my sock drawer than you got in your bank account, and that should never be the case. You understand what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So when I when I'm around them, I'm always telling them like all that stuff that y'all doing. It's cool when you catch fire and everybody think you lit and everything like that's fine. But always have something else in the background. Like have something, make something out of that. Brand yeah. yourself, market yourself. Use it as a marketing tool to get some paper. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You need, you need some money, man. You need yeah, some money I, behind it. I just was talking to some of my little young guys on the um on the block, and um you know every you know everyone's they're a rapper. You know everyone raps. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you know, it's cool that you got like your YouTube videos, man. Congratulations. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, when I look at them numbers on YouTube, I'm like, you get a million spins and you get point zero 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 four six seven for one million spins. I'm like, that's a waste of your time. Number one, again, you don't have businesses. So now I've been talking to people like, okay, go ahead, set up the LLCs and get the EINs and all that stuff. But I'm like, think bigger. Like, even though you're doing that, like, go ahead and get you some vending machines. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, just think just think like, how can you really make some money? Like one, of, I talked to one of the little guys like two days ago and he was like, he had kind of disappeared for a minute. He was like, man, I went and got some business together. He was like, low key, I opened up two landscaping businesses. Mm. Like, so all the stuff you see in the videos, he was like, all my money legit now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, you need to like- That's how you supposed to do it. Right. You gotta nobody work. Break it from you. Yeah. Work the work. You gotta work yeah. the work. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta hustle the hustle. You gotta hustle the work. You gotta do all that, man, because it, it's, what they see is just what they see. Like, people mm -hmm. don't know what we do in the background. Like, yeah, they don't. Time you would see me, like, years ago, you see me, hey, what's going on, bro? Everything good? Yeah, cool. I see you doing DJ thing. All right, cool. And I move on. Or we would shoot, yeah. shoot the shit. You know what I'm saying? We sit right. and talk, and we build for a little bit. And you be like, yo, you own or something? I'm like, yeah, you know? And I just, I'm like, hey, I'm out <laughs> the way. See you later. You know what I mean? And it's like, as soon as you got it, I was like, all right, I'm gone, man. Yeah, it wasn't no point. It wasn't no point. And, and the reason why I was like that is just because the way I seen dudes ahead of me grind and the way they hustle, like they was never trying to be seen. Because they said, right. the more you get seen, the more attention you draw from other crowds. And when you draw right. attention from these wolves, then you got to be prepared to do that, do that damage. You know what I mean? And I was always watching that. So every time you saw me, it was just like I'm in the shadow. I yeah. reach out, tap you real quick. You like. Damn, bro, where you come from? Like, hey, I'm, yeah. I've been over there the whole time. You know what I mean? I'm watching. I'm watching the scene. I dip in, say what's up to everybody, and I dip out. You know what I mean? And if it was a situation where I was going somewhere to a small club or whatever it was, and I got asked to do, like, a freestyle or something, I would just do it and, get, and just go back to the bar. I'm not, I'm chilling, man. Don't right. nobody need to know. Don't nobody need to know. And, and I'm happy that in that situation that you're talking about, the young brothers are starting to incorporate. They're starting to pick it up and get it. Oh, this is about business. It, it absolutely you know, just being That's, being seen. You know, you, you as you you hit on. You know, I used to DJ, and like a lot of artists really did not like the fact that you know I would always ask them like, okay, this music is cool, but that's your gateway. Like, what's your product? I'm like, there's a re there's a reason like Rick Ross is talking about Bel Air. Like, you have to have something else because the music really don't make money like it used to. No, you know, not in that age. Like, if you don't have nothing else going on. You know, and a lot of cats just don't want to do that. They want to, you know, they think every song is the best song they ever made. It's yeah. going to have the best video they've ever made. It's going to blow up. And I'm not knocking the fact that people are special and that does happen. There are those one in a millions. But, I mean, if we had a one in a million last month, the chances of having one this month 
nah. in the same city with the nah. same content? Nah. <sighs> nah, it's not going to happen that way. It's nah. going to jump around from city to city. And right now we're in a wave. We're still in the wave of the trap drill music. And all these guys are little something or this, that, or <laughs> third. So, you know, like, and it's not to, I'm not trying to make fun of nobody. Yeah, no. Let's, let's talk what it really is. Cause you know more than I do. Cause you're around, you were around more of it than I was. Yeah. yeah I'm just watching them all. Like he going to be down. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. He going to be yeah. down in a couple months. He going to be, yeah. he going to be up and he going to fall. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it comes with the business because it is a business and it's all about marketing and branding. And me personally, like I was, I never really cared because I always had something, you know what I mean? Right. Like I do music because I just love to do music. Like music right. is just something I just love to do. Whether I was doing it for free or getting paid to do it, whether I was ghostwriting or just doing a freestyle or whatever it may have been. I did that stuff just because I wanted to do it. Not because I was trying to be uh, uh, 40 million records sold and no shit like that. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. You know, did I come across our contracts? Yeah, maybe that shit probably did happen, but that wasn't the thing. It was just kind of like I do it because I want to do it. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean, when I started um, doing being serious about it, I wasn't even um, I wasn't even after money. It was like mm-hmm. I really love music. Like one of my older cousins was a house DJ, and so like when I was a little kid, I used to be around as my mom called. This how, this how much I was around. My mom calls him Ferris Thomas because she remembers Little Ferris. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, I grew up around that stuff. And so when I started doing music and started DJing, um, it was just for a love of it. But once I got into it and I kind of saw how the, the whole thing was, I was like, okay, you can do radio. You can tour with artists. I was like, there's really no... I mean, I had radio shows and, you know, and I, I did all that stuff. I did mixtapes. I, I, a lot of people don't know. A lot of cats, I was ghost mixtape DJing for a lot of people. People would hear the mixtape like, oh, that's DJ such and such. I'm like, eh, no, they sent me their drops. I did their mixtapes. But hey, whatever makes oh. you feel better, I got paid for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And after a while, it was just like, where else can you go with this? Like, I mean, how many nights can I be in a club? Like, how many times am I going to have to play these same records? Like, see the same people, like... I always wanted to have that question with you, like, yo, I know this is cool for a while, but yeah. I always wanted to ask you that, whether I saw you out or whether I saw you um, somewhere local, chilling out somewhere on your computer, on your laptop, you know, doing your thing. I always wanted to sit and ask you those type of questions about, like, man, he working, and when I, when a man is working, you, you kind of just leave him alone, you know. So I never went, I never got a chance to really act, ask you that, like. Did it ever get, it got boring, right? So, so I'm going to tell you what happened. So, pure happenstance, I started working as a production assistant at GCI. Okay. Pure happenstance. I met Elroy Smith, didn't know who he was. Randomly, we were talking in a conversation. He was asking me what radio station I like. And I'm like, man, um, I listen to B96 a lot because I like a lot of different kinds of genres. I'm like, I used to listen to GCI, but they just play too much music. He was like, I mean, I was like, they talk too much. And he was like, for real? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, they used to just play a lot of music, but I'm like, now nah, it's just all this conversation. It's too much commercials. He was like, I appreciate you being honest. He gave me his car. I was like, give me a car. And I was like, oh, crap. So I ended up working over there. At that time, I was starting to get into DJing. And then next thing I know, I started being with artists and it just kind of took off. After a while, bro, like I was doing online radio stations. I'm going to clubs four or five nights a week. I'm traveling with artists. After a while, I was like, what else am I going to do? Like, I'm, I'm on the biggest station in the Midwest. I go to parties everywhere. 
I'm getting flown out to do stuff everywhere. I'm doing big pace. I'm like, how much more can I do with this? And then you start growing. Okay, so I was I was fairly young. I was like 23, 24 getting into that. But I'm growing. And I'm like, wait a minute. We ain't got no 401k. We ain't got no dental. We ain't got no nothing. I mean, even on the radio side, the way it was set up then was like, you get paid per mix that played. So, like, if you are the top name, you might get $150 for your mix getting played, but that's not a lot because your mix might get played, what, maybe once a day? Uh, if you're lucky to be one of the people that's every day, five days a week, you get that, but everybody else getting $40, $50, that's why they always pumping their name so that they can get the club gigs. I'm like, this ain't even a long-term thing. I'm like, this is cool for a young man, but I'm like, bro, I'm getting older. I'm like, I can't grow anything with this. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I didn't want to be one of the people that's like really like trying to really, really push hard on one of these, um, the DJ groups that were groups that I was affiliated with and I rocked with, but I was like, if I'm not starting a group, I'm still not going to have that same push on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, eh. And then it's, you know, quite honestly, the thing with the artists, because even though it's a lot of dope artists in Chicago, every artist thinks they're the best artist. Every song they think is the best song and every song deserves the video. And I'm like, how do we pay for this stuff? Nah, like, how man, that's pay? not really how we go. So, it's not. And it's not even with me trying to tell some of the young guys, it's like, dude, every song ain't the one. It's you not. I mean, like, it, if you're looking to sell that type of music, then focus on, don't, don't always focus on that. But when you do focus on it, make sure you know that you got it right. Because it's, <laughs> it's songwriting at that point. It ain't just about shoot them up, bang, bang, like you're writing songs. You know what I mean? And some of them didn't understand that. And I would tell them, you could sit here and write 100 songs in a week. And all of them might be a dud, except for that one. And that it one. might be the one that you that you kind of want to just throw away. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it, it, I used to tell them all the time, man, just make music just to make it. You know, make music that makes you happy. Make music that makes you uh, feel good. Because when you're trying to do that, at some point, you're going to get the hit. And then you're going to get the hit. And then you're going to think you can keep doing it. And there might be a time when you run out of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I did, I did, it, for, I did it for 10 years. Yeah, I saw you, man. Yeah, I it was, saw you, man. It was it was real cool, but then you know, like I said, it started to kind of not have that same feeling. And then um, I was doing a spot, and um, I don't even know what suburb that is, but it was like two blocks away from Adriana's. Um, yeah. Me and DJ Reese, and we was doing this spot. Um, I opened up. I did like nine to like twelve thirty. He was doing like twelve thirty to like two, and a fight broke out in this joint. And when the fight broke out, different groups are fighting. This dude got shot in the face five times, bro. I was like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I done with, I'm done with this, Joe. I am done with this. That, that was it for me. I was just like, nah, this is too much. I mean, I had already been doing stuff where I went on tours with people and they were getting into gigantic fights on the tours and they took the turntables and threw them at people. Like, I was just like, I can't, I'm too old for this. Like, I'm not gonna be, yeah. I can't do yeah. it. I think that was one of the things for me too, just, uh, I think all the movement, just all the movement, and it just felt like it wasn't really, you know, doing, doing. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean. It's kind of like it's a I great. Can make money, I can make money a lot of other ways and, and get paid more than to just be out here on the road, like you know, doing college tours or yeah. trying to be, you know, what I'm saying. Like, I, I saw people try to get next to other guys and all that shit. You know, all that kissing up or brown nosing or whatever these guys yeah. was doing. You know. Yeah, sleeping in studios with, with guys. It's like, dude, y'all do that, and y'all don't make nothing out of that. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Not knocking nobody, but I gotta, I gotta do something. Yeah, yeah. And, and for me, it, it it was like, I know 
on a lyrical level, like doing that, like I'm good, but there are other things that I, I have to do because I just love doing music because I love to do it. Like I'm not trying to be, again, the hundred million soul, like that wasn't, that wasn't the goal. The goal was to, to, to build, right? And keep mm -hmm. leveling up as I go along. And I think, uh, was it, uh, vertically integrated, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Continue to uh, build businesses. That way I can grab somebody else and grab another person, mm -hmm. put them on. Yeah, you do that, then you do it, go out, you branch out and do your own, and then we can, you know what I mean, fix a lot of problems and, and help ourselves out, you know? Building uh building vertically growing businesses. That was that was one of the things that I wanted to do. But when you talking that type of talk, everybody doesn't understand it. No. They don't understand it. Like they they looking at you like, what is he talking about? You know, Michael Jordan had the highest vertical. It's like, bro, I'm not even <laughs> like, yeah, no, nah, we totally different. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm speaking about something. Something yeah. totally different, bro. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's some books that y'all might want to grab, you know? Dr. Claude Anderson and sit around and read these yeah. books, you know? And so, for me, I slowly started slipping out of that realm of, of doing that. Like, it just mm -hmm. became, I'm going to go home and I'm, I'll am i work on music. I got a bunch of music sitting around still. Um, wow. And I'm going to just do that, but I'm going to go over here and make some money some other way. You know what I mean? Because at the time, I was still doing... um still doing a youth program, you know what I mean? I was still doing all that stuff. I was still involved. I was still active in different things, but I just love music, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was never sat chasing, though. I was never one of those guys that was, oh, I got, I'm gonna be around that guy. No, I'm gonna I never cared about none of that stuff. Yeah, I, you know, it's weird. Like, you can get to a place where you end up in those circles and that's not what you there for, and you seeing people, and it seems like they're kind of, they're moving like that, and it seems like they're excelling, but I'm like, but what's the cost of the trade-off? Like, yeah. ah. Yeah, and then for me, it was also the, the thing where you're looking around and you're going, if that dude is here and I'm here, what does that really say? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. either he leveling up or I'm leveling up. <laughs> or he, <laughs> he probably gonna hit that, that, that right. part where he's cruising. Right. I'm, I'm probably about to go up or I'm just here with him to see what he's doing to work. And probably work with so I was just like man this this shit is this ain't what I want to be around. this ain't me dog <laughs> I got too much too much going on man you know and and I think also the other thing of it was the peace of mind you know yeah. the yeah. peace of mind for me like yeah. being around all those different attitudes uh, man, everybody bro. thinking like you said everybody thinking they that nigga you know bro. like I Yo, I, I did six songs today, and then you go hear them. It's just like, all right, that sounded like six you did yesterday. Bro. You knocked those out. Yeah, yeah, you did. You knocked those out the box. Out the... <laughs> how, fast, how fast did you do those? You know what I mean? Yeah. And me, because, like, of intellect, you start saying shit above their head. They don't yeah, they man, yeah. on to And how fast did you do those? Wow, you did those fast. You know, and it's just yeah. like. My, it's, my uh, was. Being um, being with a production company, I was getting the beefs would come to the studio, and there would be cats that would be in the studio, and I won't name the names that would be completely cool. They would be like, "Yo, like, yo, we got a beat going," and they like, "Yo, spitting freestyles, and it's cool, just just regular, just rap." You know what I'm saying? Then they homies come in, and all of a sudden they this K, that K. I'm like, so y'all trying to. Like you want to portray that image, but that's not really you. Cause when we say spit, you actually spit and you could spit. Yeah. But you want to do that to sell. And it's like, 
So if that's what you want and you put a bull's eye on you and I'm with you, the bull's eye on me too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I get my own bull's eye myself. I don't need your bull's eye, bro. Nah. Like cool that out. You know? As and I think that's that's the that tribal mentality exists mm -hmm. everywhere amongst us, right? Because we're mm -hmm. poor, a lot of us are uneducated, um, a lot of us are ride or die for things that are very uh, infinitesimal in the grand scheme of things. And we're willing to go the length and distances to kill for somebody, but we're not willing to go the length and distances to, to get rich or love, love one another. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, like we have to slowly change, whether it be through music or mentorship or, or in anything of that, uh, of that realm. You know, because I, I I would hear that stuff, man. I'm like, yo, y'all gonna get y'all asses killed, man, playing around. Oh like yeah, no. For and here's the other no thing. That, let me say this too about that, <laughs> because a lot of these young guys don't understand. When you go into the, when you go out here and you do that type of music and you promote that negativity, at some point it is going to come back to you. Oh yeah, right. You wanna born. The other part about it is the record labels are listening. They listening for the hottest, the hottest killer in the street, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys don't know when you sign those record deals, they take insurance policies out on you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They, they don't know. even know that. So they're if you listen right work. now, there's an insurance policy out on you, and they're yeah. waiting for you. Because if you don't, if you don't sell the money that they gave you, the two hundred fifty thousand dollar check that they gave you or whatever, if you don't happen to sell, they'll make that back. Oh yeah. In your death, they go, oh yeah, put all that music out there. Yeah, kill, yeah, kill all of them. <laughs> we love that shit and be behind the scenes waiting to see what happened because they don't care yeah the value of your life is just a check to them there isn't much to it other than that and that's just real like am i lying like oh uh, you you telling the truth but the, the crazy thing is though like there's there's some brothers that they know it but they learned it from watching somebody fall right around them and then there's some brothers, they haven't seen nobody fall, so they don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? And they don't believe it. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because some people are on, they're honestly going to only learn it in death. Like, honestly. Yeah. That, it's like that, that whole baby lesson, right? You don't know the stove hot until you get burned, right? Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of guys got to get burned. The yeah. The bad part about getting burned is, burnt in certain instances is you can't come back from death. You ain't lying. Like, you, you can't come back. I don't know a man alive. You know, they ever came back from death. So you I know, mean, where's that one cat, that one rich dude? He got like seven to eight heart transplants. They keep <laughs> that they keep trying. They keep trying. He holding on, but at some point, the motherfuckers gonna give out on him. You know? Yeah. They, they trying. Yeah. They trying, but it's it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a time where he got to you know he got to bow down too. Listen, Man. death. You can't beat death, bro. You might yeah, you might you might. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You might get away or slip out the way, but overall, you can't you can't beat that joker, man. Mm -hmm. man. Death is one of those things that man, it, it, it's it's it has a it has a date, an un, a unknown date. And when it comes to visit, it grabs you and it pieces out, man. Touches you and then walks on out. Like, all right, let's get up out of here, bro. I gave you this many this amount of years to, to create your legacy or build your build your your legacy. If you ain't do it by this time, you know. That's the end of that. But it might be torture for that guy with the seven heart transplants. It could be torture for him to see the changes of this earth continue to happen. And he may not want it to happen. You know, mm -hmm. he may have to live to see it. 
where it reaches pinnacle and then he drop out. You know what I mean? So you said um you said something earlier. You were saying um mentorship. Yeah. So like, how do you how do you feel like we can have effective mentorship um, in the city? And I mean that specifically because most of the stuff that I see put together. I'm not knocking anybody or what they do, any uh, any program from anywhere. I see the majority of stuff kind of comes back around to playing sports with kids. Yeah. And while that's cool, yeah, it's still like we're not here to entertain people. Yeah. So, like, so one of the things that I did, I learned early on is entertaining is cool, right? Uh, that's fine. Everybody needs to be able to exercise and get their body mental, uh, physically uh, going right everybody should be healthy everybody should be able to play a sports because you learn competition it's also a social skill and communication when you're doing that you learn how you learn different skills when you're around people like that but the other thing for me was to make learning fun right mm-hmm. uh, you have to somehow figure out ways to make learning about history learning about these history books you have to figure out ways to make that fun uh, whether it's physics or calculus chemistry you have to figure out ways to make it fun for the youth um, and whether it be through sports, somehow you do it, you know what I mean? You make a game out of sports or whatever it is. There are ways to do it. It's just that I, I, I'm with you. We all can't continue to entertain. We all can't continue to dribble basketballs or run with footballs. You know, um, I listened to Louis Farrakhan one time, Minister Farrakhan, and he was saying, we all think we're the best at these at- – uh, we think we're the best athletes on the field – but we don't realize that we're still chess, we still pieces on the board being moved around by someone who owns the game. Mm. You know what I mean? And at some point, yeah, and at some point we all have to figure out, and it was Dr. Uh, Francis Cress Wilson, um, mm-hmm. if you ever read the book Isis Papers, she, she talked about uh, some, of, some of the things like that. Uh, we have to figure out ways to change and reform their mind to be more about their education and be more about their independence, more about their health, more about their financial diversity. You know what I mean? Because a lot of them don't know that. They don't know those things. And, and we, we need to figure out ways to just make it about that. Because every, again, out of a million people that go to play football, basketball, or whatever it is, it's that 1% that breakthrough, right? And we know that in the process, even if we told them, look, go do that. But in the process of it, I would still rather you go out there and get your, uh, get your yeah, get your education, become a doctor, become a lawyer, uh, be a real estate developer, whatever program, commercial real estate, whatever it is that you want to get into, find your niches along the way. Create that network for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I almost, I got to a point where I had to, um, I had to check myself because mm-hmm. – being a tall black man, you know how often people ask me, do I play basketball, bro? And yeah. it actually offends me, because I'd be like, why don't you look at me and ask me anything else? Your assumption is, the only thing I could do is play basketball. It's offensive to me. It is actually- it's, it's a norm though, right? Like that's what they're used to seeing tall, tall black men do, right? Like that's the only thing we can do is, 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 is pick up a ball and dribble or something. If we're not that, and you hanging out and you got money, to, and you're burning money or you're doing whatever you're doing, or he got to be an entertainer somehow. Yeah. He's able to do that. Bro, I'd be around doctors, lawyers, mm. financial level. I'd be around all types of people. And when people hear them and they go, oh, no, I'm a lawyer. And they look at me, what? I'm like, yeah. 
yeah, my buddy's a lawyer, man. Like, you, you, who would have thought? You know what I mean? Like, we the, people act like we can't do it, but that's just closed-minded thinking. Instead of looking at him and going, let me ask him, right? What is it that he do? You know what I mean? Because yeah. sometimes I see brothers that are talking about, hey, did you ever play sports? And they're like, no, man, I was never in a sports, man. I tried, I ain't like it. You know, I stayed, I, I got my lawyer degree. Right, yeah. I went, yeah, and it's just, it's, I understand how it could be offensive, bro. I understand. I, I mean, even at that, like, I would say on an average week, at least five people ask me. Still. Bro, on top of all that average week, Jeez. at least five people. And I'd be like, that's all you see? Like, that's, that's, that's it, it, bro. Like that's it, you know, and it it happens so much. That's what I had to check myself because sometimes you can get so offended with something. I might go off on somebody, and not because they asked me something so so crazy, but it's like you're number five in 38 years of every. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, at this point, <laughs> at this particular point, I'm sick and tired of this shit. And I got to I'm hit telling you, you. And I'm like, man, you they don't even they don't even deserve that. But I just be like, like I had I was talking to some people a couple weeks ago, and a lady asked me that like. Oh, I know you play basketball. I said, no, I've never really been into sports. She's like, but sports is great. I said, it's great. I said, if a million young men are trying to play, 400,000 are going to play in high school, 4,000 in college, 35 get drafted, they're only going to play, only seven going to start, and they're only going to play for four years. So why would that be my focus? She was like, I'm like, yeah, that's why I don't care about that. And then like, oh, and by the way, that was offensive. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what that, I'm like, yeah. I ain't trying to be like yeah. that. But yeah. it's just like, man, like, I don't know. It's yeah, crazy. I mean, but but it's crazy. I, 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 was, I was talking to someone recently and, and they're tall and he was like, man, I hear that so much, bro. I don't even, he's like, I don't even pay no attention. I was like, how did, because we were out, we were hanging out. He was like, yeah. And the person walked up, he was like, did you play for the Bears? Because he had on Bears gear, you know, right. walking through. He had on the camouflage uh, pants with the with the orange shirt. And I was like, yo, you, well, while we out here, people going to think you play for the Bears, bro. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, I already know. He's like, it's happened before. So we, while we hanging out, people walking up, hey, did you ever play for the Bears? And he was like, no, nah. no. Nah. I see. I could get slick with people and start being like, yeah, and then start charging them for like take pictures with me, but I ain't gonna yeah, get on. He's just like he don't. He's just like he don't want the hassle because when we go out, we yeah. both we basically basically going out to hang out. Yeah. And he don't want no extra attention being drawn to. Him. Yeah, you no know, dude be trying to. He really be trying to chill out because already him at six five, I think six five, damn near three hundred pounds. Oh yeah, yeah, it's already that look like yeah. Jesus, or is he my security? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like what's going on? So it's it's one of those situations where I, I told him, you know, I'm start wearing one of these gold chains, bro. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have it out. You know, I'm gonna let it swing, and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna, I, we gonna we gonna have some fun. He's like, bro, don't do that, man. He's like, I would love to slap somebody, but let's not do that. That'd be hilarious, though. That'd yeah, be it would be, because he's just a really big dude. And you just see me pull out the chain and just let it, you know what I'm saying, swing down, have a field day with that. But it's perception, right? So people really think that perception is reality all the time. Yeah. It's really not. You know, the other thing is they say never judge a book by its cover. You know? Yeah. So people, that's what people are doing. They're going by yeah. appearance, and they don't really know what you're about, what you've been through, uh, what you are yeah. actually doing with your yeah. life. So yeah. sometimes bro, you just got to, maybe you might have to just start hit, hitting them with it, you know, firing back. 
like break it down like you just broke it down to whoever that was and then, and then at the end just say and by the way that's offensive what you said to me I just feel like yes I can do that you know but I just kind of feel like that'll get exhausting because then it's like it becomes my burden to teach you not to be like <laughs> You know, I you know I, I don't make the assumption like, yo, you got glasses, that mean you good at math. Like I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like I try not to do that type of stuff, and it just be like so consistent, bro, so consistent. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it be and it be, yeah, it's crazy. I just well, you say, know, it's, it's crazy. You remember I used to have the um people used to say I I look mean. Yo, you look. Mean. Oh yeah, yeah. But you were squinting. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or I was focused. You know, yeah. until I got the glasses and actually started wearing them, I was just squinting. Yeah. I was squinting, and then if I wasn't squinting, I was just focused. You know what I mean? I um. Because there was also the perception that oh, he's always angry. He's always mm-hmm. he's always mad. And I'm like, who the fuck? Who's telling you all this stuff? Yeah. Have you ever yeah. seen me? And I tell people all the time, you would know I would if I was angry or mad because you would see the physical reaction to me being yeah. angry or mad when I'm around people. Like there will be an action that comes with me being angry or mad. Yeah, I, um, I'm looking at you like, man, I'm supposed to be wearing my joints. Like I don't, don't wear them as much as I should. And mm-hmm. I know more and more I'm starting to do stuff like, like, nah, I need to yeah. wear my joints. So I've, I've gotten so used to wearing them that now that I'm, when, we, when, I, when I don't need them and I'm that close to something, it's just like, well, uh-huh. I just wear them just for the fuck of it. You know what I mean? But, you supposed to wear them for reading? No, I, I wear them to see. I wear them to see. Okay. Like I can take them off and be okay, but you know, I would just rather have them on. I just rather have them on. Like when I get, um, when I'm in the office, I take them off because I'm right there at the computer, so I don't mm. need it. And then that'll just totally mess up my vision even more. So I just take them off then until I have to get up and uh, leave out of the office and go to see someone else in the building or something like that. Yeah. So uh, I need them when I'm out and need to see, but not for reading or anything. Like I can read. I can mm. read perfectly. So how have do you, you uh, about- do you still uh go ahead go ahead go ahead this is old school stuff uh hold on let me see can you hear me still yep i got you it, it chopped up for a little bit but i i, I got you okay um yeah i was looking at Something popped up on my end. Uh, um, do you still keep in contact with people from the old neighborhood? Uh, n- Poncho. Oh, wow. Oh, that's it. Poncho. Uh, and David Crawl. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's about it. Okay. That's about it. Okay. And for anybody that's listening, it's not because I don't have no love for nobody. I got love for everybody. It was just I was around those guys so much. So more. Yeah. yeah. And and me me and a poncho especially had certain things in common growing up. Um, mm-hmm. dealing him dealing with the death of his father and his mom almost losing her life during that doing during those situations. Mm-hmm. My mom almost losing her life uh when the car when the car heater blew up in her face and everything like that. So like we were always talking. We were always communicating, and, and I knew once I went, once we had that conversation, I knew my life was different from everybody else. So many other people were joking, they were having fun, 
And I guess at that point, we kind of knew what depression and, and hurt and pain was. Like, there were other people that were dealing with hurt and pain, too, but me and him, were, we were just getting along. Like, we were just really just talking about a lot of stuff. You know, he's like, yo, I got two big brothers. I'm like, I don't have none. I got an older sister, the younger sister. So we were always good around one another. Um, that's, that's my guy. And then David Crawl, you know, we were always um, trying to learn sign language the wrong way. You know what I mean? Just doing, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, just just classmates. You know, that's that's still my guy to this day. So uh, those are the main two that I keep in touch with, bro. Okay. But uh, Lefty, me and Lefty, sometimes we communicate uh, and we'll talk about boxing. We'll mm -hmm. go boxing or something like that. But um, I don't really talk to too many people. Okay. Chris Shell, I think I reached out to her about a month or two ago. Me and her spoke, um, just texting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, no, no. I don't. I don't really. I don't really speak to nobody, man. Nope. I feel like I wasn't. Maybe, maybe it's me, and it's just me saying it. Maybe I wasn't really that close to them. You know what I mean? You. I think. I think growing up, there were cliques, right? Of course. But ultimately, there was still like, there were cliques, but we all were considered family. Yeah. And I didn't always understand that until I had some things happen and some people popped up. I was like, oh, you riding? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So after that, I was just like, oh, okay, I could kind of keep in tone with some people. Okay. Yeah. And that's how you know, right? When yeah. you, if some shit happening, then, you know, whatever it may be, they step in and be like, no, dude, you, 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 you it's all love. You feel yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and I totally understand that. Like, I, I salute to everybody who stepped in, you know, whenever they did it. So I, I totally get that because I, I, I love that type of participation, no matter what it is, whether yeah. it's inspiration, motivation, or, you know, something may be taken care of. You know what I mean? Like, whatever yeah. it may be, whoever stepped in, I appreciate that. But, um, yeah. For me, man, I think uh, also you got to remember, like I'm more of a, I'm more of a dude that like to be. Again, I'm off in the shadows, man. Like I don't listen. I was, I was in the shadows too, but shadows, bro. Sometimes you gotta, yeah. I would be, in the, I would say, hey, what's going on? I would see people in passing. They would speak to me, and we would keep it on the cool. Yeah, I just keep, I keep on moving. But I always, I always been that way, and I think it was just. The things that I experienced, you know, I, yeah. I never felt like the, the stuff that I, did, I I went through was the same as anybody else. So because of that, I kind of just like kept kind of just like stayed in my little corner or whatever. It wasn't that I was ever scared or anything like that because people knew that I wasn't scared of nobody. But it was just the fact that so much would be going on around me or happening with me. It was just like, yo, I don't I don't relate. Yeah. I don't relate, you know, so I, I would be like put my turtle shell on. Boop cover up you know mm. be out the way just chilling you know um, every now and then i might run into somebody and i salute them give them a hug yeah. or a tap yeah and keep on going i say <laughs> I, I ain't gonna say his name but i saw somebody from, okay from um and when i saw him i was sliding down 95th and so i bust a quick yui and when uh when he seen me he like did like this real quick and i'm like bro Listen, man, if you in your 30s and when cars is turning around, you still grabbing, bro, it's time to reevaluate, bro. Like, it's, you too you know, old it's, to be reaching, like, you know, acting like you're going to reach for something. You know what I mean? You know, I'm like, bro. 
We almost we we almost we, we look. We passed. You know what I'm like, mm. I'm like, bro, that, that's but some people prefer to live their life like that. Um, more power to them. I just realized years and years ago that negativity. I wasn't gonna allow negativity to continue to follow me. Yeah, and I was gonna do everything I could to make sure that I never put my family in any danger that that's the real yeah you know that i didn't want to i didn't want them to see you know what i mean so it was just kind of like i'm let me get out the way yeah let me get out the way yeah because people definitely ain't playing fair here they nah. don't care about your family. ever yeah ever yeah ever and for me to hear young guys and i i ain't no i ain't no tough dude but for me to hear young guys tell me yo if you ever need anything anything let me know don't you do nothing right yeah you know? and when you you like all right look it's time for me to go <laughs> it's time for me to go because for me that was that was one of them symbols well that was one of them yeah. lessons and then for some older cats i know in different areas of the city like yo don't even if you never look hit me hit my hit my line hit my jack if any of that type of stuff is going yeah. on like bro i'm just trying to get out of everybody, get out of everybody way So for you, mm-hmm. after the music, okay, jump into what? Um, so after the music, um, I started working financial sales, um, okay. insurance. Okay, which was it was a great experience. I mean, I, I I've always known how to talk to people, which, so that was that was easy. But the hardest thing was um, just coming into contact with the fact that so many people were not taught how to deal with finances. Um, it got to a point where like, I would talk to people and I'm like, you know, before we even start talking about insurance stuff, let's first have a consultation so I can see, do you know how to budget? Cause there's no point in you signing up for something that you're going to fall off three weeks from now. There's yeah. just no point to it, you know, and just sitting down with people and crunching numbers all the time and stuff. It was just like, man, like this is not being taught. It's not being taught. People are learning from their mistakes. And, and that can't, that's great that you can change, but it'd be even better if you didn't have to change because you were kind of raised that way. Um, so that kind of was like, it was almost kind of depressing. Like, honestly, mm. bro. Was, I mean, the amount of people, man, <laughs> is depressing. You got, so, but the, there's a realization, right? Mm. In, 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 <clears throat> in certain homes, most homes, I don't know, Who's teaching that? Who's Nobody. teaching that type of behavior, right? In yeah. school, especially mm-hmm. schools that we grew up in, who's teaching that? Nobody. You understand? Nobody. So yeah. even for me, when you say learning, I had to learn. Yeah. It took me to what, mid-20s for someone to tell me, oh, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. Yeah. You need to do this. You need to do that. This is what you can spend. This is what you can't spend. You need to have all this yeah. stuff for rainy days or anything. Or just yeah. cash, just because you may want to get the fuck up and go. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not. It's not being taught, and that's why I keep saying like we need situations where that can be taught. You know, where it's a, a youth program, whether it's a church or something. These classes should be implemented because yeah. it's valuable. Yeah, it definitely is. I I remember having conversations with people like um, I remember talking to this one young lady um. She had she had five children. They were uh, thirteen and under, 
and it was her. Uh, she was a single mom. Her her husband had been killed. So she was married. She had a bunch of kids. She was married, and um, and so she was like working part time. Um, she had kind of um, saved money from you know um, what she could from her life insurance she had on her husband, and going to school. You know, she had like a plan, and I was like, yeah, but you got five kids. You have five boys, and I'm like, I'm not throwing salt or anything, but we are still in Chicago. Like you should, you should. I'm not saying you need a lot of insurance but you should have $10,000 on each child so you can bury your children if something, God forbid, happened, you know? And she was just like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can pay them. I think when we looked at the numbers, it was something like $62 a month for all five to all have. Five? Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't nothing crazy, you know? Yeah, and it was, and it was and if you know insurance products, it was a whole life policy. So they could have it today with 26. So I'm like, this isn't, you know, and she was just like, yeah, I just don't see it like that. And while we were talking, she bought each one of the kids two pairs of Jordans each. While we were talking, she got online. I was just like, oh my God. You don't value the life <laughs> of these kids? Bro, I was just like, I don't even, I don't even know what to say to you. Like, that was one of the few times when I, I purposely was like, okay, I need to leave because I can't, like, I can't even, because <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, I, I'm, I'm glad they're going to be fresh. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was just, yeah. Yeah. So the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two that ain't going to be worth nothing in two, a month, two months, right? Yeah. Because Mike putting them out every month, every two months, right? And you know, you know, kids, kids, when, when older people, um, and when I say older, I mean 18s and ups, when they buy the Jordans, it's kind of a nostalgia thing for them. They make sure they don't step certain ways. They don't get crazy and stuff. That's not kids. No. It's, it's shoes. No. <laughs> it's shoes. Like, yo. Like they're fashion shoes, but it's shoes, you know? And so I'm just like, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a mess. But um, wow. that's what there were so many instances like that when I would have to go in and talk to people. And that's why I said, I started being like, yo, let me just make sure that you know how to budget first, you know? And I remember one young lady sitting down with her, we were going through her budget and another one, she was, um, she was a divorcee. Um, she had a, she had a semi-decent job, had one daughter. She was bringing in like $2,000 a month after taxes. Her ex-husband gave her $900 a month to cover her rent. She had a boyfriend she had been with for like two years. He gave her $600 a month on her bills. Her bills were like $1,700. So most of her stuff was covered. She really only had to spend $200 a month on that. We, first thing I said was like, open up your, um, your online banking. Let me see what your stuff looks like so we can kind of chart this stuff. Literally, previous four months in the red. And I'm like, what is this? Everything is Papados, Wendy's, McDonald's. I was just like, you only have, you're making $2,000 a month. You only have $200 in bills and you're negative every month? Oh, houseway. Man, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I can tell you. I, I don't know. Yeah, at that point, you got to tell her you got uh, hood rich syndrome, you know? <laughs> you spend the money that you really don't have. But you know what? what? What it took me a long time to realize is, like, I can't, I can't make people find the value for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And so, I, I, you know, I, I definitely would talk to people and I would explain stuff. I would tell people the stories like, you know, Master P started No Limit because he had money from a life insurance policy from his grandpa. Like, there are things that people do with this stuff. There are things you can set up with your life. But I'm like, ultimately, you have to make that decision because we cannot guess. You know, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. It's an unfortunate part of life. Like you said earlier, that, that death comes. Whether it's sooner or later, planned or unplanned, it happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it just it got to be a bit much for me, so... At the same time, I was also working with a nonprofit. And um, 
I was really like, I really liked that hands-on community thing. So um, I really helped build it out from, it was initially like a one day event till we built it out to weekly mentoring, to having programs several times a year. And we got to a place where we were like servicing like a thousand students a year, able to get contracts with CPS, opened up a second chapter in uh, Las Vegas. And I mean, it really grew and that, I love that kind of work, you know, um, cause you really get to see the impact with the students. And so like during the mentoring sessions, we tried to, just like you were saying, some of the stuff, like how's this stuff taught? We tried to put everything together. So we would do like 10 week sessions and then we'd have a bunch of different, um, different session topics. So it might be like, um, understanding how to be a better student um health and fitness when we have a trainer come in um we have like we had oh, this we had this one dude come who owned a black hedge fund in chicago and his oh, wow. hedge fund is not huge he, he said his the assets that they, they were currently doing at that time were about 27 million and so while he was doing a presentation he was talking to the young man for about 30 minutes and when he first got there he was like i want you guys to remember this name he gave him the name of a company and so he kept talking and by the end of his um his presentation, his phone rang, he checked something and he just smiled. And he's like, I'm gonna tell you guys what this is. He's like, remember I told you that name? He said, before I came here, I set up um, something on my stocks. He was like, I knew this was gonna be a short sale. So I'm trying to get in here today. He was like, from what I sold in the time that I've been here 30 minutes, I made 390,000. Mm. And the kids were all like, oh my God, like they was all the way into it. Um, and then the same day, we actually took them down to Ariel Investments and met with John Rock. And okay. they really got to see like that that big money. They yeah. were like, "Yo, like this is this is possible." We even telling them like, like a lot of them didn't know about the school that Ariel has, where they teach you about finance. It takes so much constant support. You know, um, I think I got the Teddy Riley internet going. Um, yeah, it, t it takes a lot of support to kind of build those programs out, you know, for, for the youth. And, um, but I love it, man. I, I had to step yeah. away. But what uh, you, what you did was one of the best things, right? You showed them. They had, they had the, the ability to see that there was something more to just what was on the TV, right? Yeah. You the man behind the scenes making money too. Yeah. And, you know? um, a lot of those students, a lot of those students have gone on to college, um, and, you know, still offer support to them as much as we can. I mean, it was crazy when you get into that environment, the kind of relationships you build with students, you know. Um, it's just weird. Like, you know, we, we had students that would say stuff like, you know, this has become the father I never had for me. Oh, that happened to you too? Bro. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Man. I love those moments, but I hate them. Yeah. It's the worst thing ever, man, when you were – Look, I ain't, I didn't grow up emotional, so right I had here. to learn. I had to learn that. I had yeah. to learn that. So when one of the kids told me, he's like, "Yo, I wish you was my dad," I was like, "What?" He gave me a hug and was like, "I wish you was my dad, man." And I, I had to wait for two hours till everybody left because I couldn't do it, you know. And then when, yeah. after he left, I went I went over, you know, into the kitchen. Cause wasn't nobody in there. I'm acting like I'm making some food and everything. And I just sat there, man. And I was crying about it. Cause he wasn't the only yeah. one that told me. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you I, I heard that quite a few times. I heard, I wish you were my dad. I wish you were my brother. I wish you were my uncle. And I wish I could go home with you. Yeah. And you know, the sad thing is you don't, 
you hear these stories and you see stuff on the media and you don't really know what's what's the system that creates some of these things and then when you get hands-on and you see the stuff and you just like like at a certain point in the program we had to develop a program um called how to um how to nurture a student because you know i had i had one student um one of my latino students we were like really really tight um and I, he would call me all the time i would go up to a school all the time and check him because i had like clearances with the schools i can go into all the schools and talk so like a lot of my students, when they have problems, the parents will call me. I would go to the school because I'm like, yo, since you ain't got no dad, I'm going to be there. You know what I'm saying? So I was doing it. And one of the kids, he tells me like, man, you know, I appreciate you spending the time with me, man. I've been in my books. I left that girl alone. I was getting me in trouble. I got me a job. He was like, and now that I've gotten to this place, my mother started telling me that I think I'm better than her. And I was like, you tearing down all the work we doing. I'm like, <laughs> I like man. I was like, okay, we have to start working with the parents too because clearly to. it's toxic at home too. You know what I'm saying? It's, man, that was so. So you understand one yeah. of the things that made that was my one of my biggest frustrations because I would do it, you, you know, like all over the city or whenever I could, right? And when you when you with these kids and you're trying to reach out and get a better understanding of the parents or the home and you're trying to invite them out to be around in an event or whatever, you realize that there's another part of this situation. Their basis, their foundation is all messed up too. Mm -hmm. Not all of them, but some of them have a real bad backing, you know? Oh yeah. For what you, yo, I, I, stuff like that is, it it frustrates me and it makes me, it makes me angry. It gets me to the point where I want to be angry, but it's, I don't even know. I, I get crestfallen by things like that because you, you, as the mother, you should never be jealous of the kid. Your job is to be happy and continue to push, inspire, and motivate that type of behavior. Mm-hmm. And in situations like that, you can tear a kid down, mm-hmm. and because the child doesn't know no better, you can break the child and he go out and start doing the worst things ever. Absolutely, right? Or we lose him to the system, and and and, and those are the things that really suck to me. Because I've yeah. seen that so many times. And it's like, I, I, t- I asked one, one young lady, I, asked, I was like, do you care about the well-being of your child? She was like, yeah, that's why I sent them to you. So I said, for the three to four hours that your child may be around me, or the two hours, depending on what day I'm around, the two hours that they may be with me, do you know how hard it is for me to reprogram a child that sees the same stuff for the rest of the 18 to 20 hours a day? Absolutely. Absolutely. 20 to 22 hours a day what they're seeing I say so if you sending them to me you should be here learning from me the stuff absolutely. I'm doing to absolutely. help change the environment at home absolutely because at least we knock off some more time bro listen when I tell you it's so there was I remember going to an event for Chicago Park District it was like a team event they had all these all these nonprofits was there it was kind of like a teen summit or something. It's like you can meet all the different nonprofits in Chicago, see what's in your area, find something for your kids. This lady came and she's like, oh, I saw you guys on the news. She's like, my nephew went through your program. He loved it. He's in college now. He talks about it all the time. Da, 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 da. She was like, I want to sign my son up, but the time that you guys meet is when I get my hair done on Saturdays and I can't risk getting not getting my hair. And I'm like, huh? Your hair that important? And she never signed him up. <laughs> she never signed them up. And I was just like, okay, that's that's a new one. That's a new one. That's that's a new one. Now, granted, 
her nephew's younger brother the following year got in the program. And when we would have days, we had recreation days where we would do our regular sessions. Then we would extend it and say, okay, we're going to do two hours of recreation. So we might go play basketball, football, something like that. He would bring in his cousin on that day. So okay. that worked. So he was able to get some, but I was just like, I can't believe it. Yeah. You got to get some curls did. You know? Like. It's, 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 it's mind blowing. It it's is. mind blowing. It's mind blowing because like you, you're looking at all these kids like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to inspire all these kids. I want to do this. We're going to do this. And they're ha- hyped to see you because you get to play with them and everything. Mm-hmm. And they, they want to be a part of it. But then that backing, that support system. And that's one, that's the biggest thing for me, yeah. right? That support system that you have in the background. Like, what is it really like when you go home? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was, I don't, I don't even want to say the area, all right? So I'm, I think, on 100 and so I ain't going to say nothing. Man, we're out there to try to help do some work. They're doing it through basketball or whatever. We ask the parents to show up. Out of 50 kids, maybe three or four parents showed up out of the whole bunch. Out of the whole bunch, bro. That's Out of 50 to 60, 50, 50 something kids, three or four parents actually showed up. And what I did was to shock them, but it kind of got some of the response I wanted to get, right? So mm-hmm. I told them, since it's only you all, you three here, and we've been waiting for a 30 minutes to an hour, I'm going to go ahead and start because it's past the time limit, and I want to get right into it. How many of you people in here know that, that we're not um, showing your kids how to sell crack? Mm. All right. How many of you people in here know that we're not teaching them how to be Islamic terrorists? How many people in here know that we're not teaching them to be uh, Christianity, uh, Christian terrorists? Mm-hmm. And they was all looking like, what? I said, okay, here we go. How many of you in here know for a fact that we aren't pedophiles? The mother started going on. What? I know good and damn well. They started going on. I know. So I said, okay, now that I got your attention, can you please call all the other parents and get them in here, please? Yeah. Because it's information they need to hear. How do you know for sure? You all, and I I told them, I said, everybody calm down. Here's the thing. If you aren't here to help watch the village and take care of the village uh, as well, how do you know these kids ain't going to burn their village down? True. How do you know they're not going to take care of the village? Yeah. If they're just with me or they just with Christian or they just with Lee or whoever's around and that's all they see, what do you know is being told? What's being taught to these kids? You yeah. have to be more involved. You guys need to be involved. You're the parents. It starts at home. And I said that I know, I know you're working. I know some of y'all get, you guys are tired. And by the time you get home, you want to have your relaxation time. But your kid is the most important piece of property that you have. Yeah. You did that. You made that. And you guys should be involved somehow. And for some of you all, some of them, bro, they right down the block. They up the street. They like a block away. Yeah. Half a block away. I'm dead serious. Yeah. Wouldn't even show up. They wouldn't even show up, bro. And I, I can say that about a few areas in the city that I've been in. And that we had these no. type of things. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say nobody's area or no, nobody's name, but you go to these areas and it's the same thing. It's like 
you all don't value your mm -hmm. child. Your child is a, is a, is a diamond in the rough. We got to buff them and shine them up. We're not, we not using pressure to make them. We're not trying right. to make them in the diamonds. Like we're just buffering them up. We're finding raw materials and we're just trying to shine them up. That's all we're trying to do. But we need you all to be included in that. When they're at home, make sure that they got their homework and everything done correctly. Make sure you're involved. Make sure there's an understanding of it. Make sure they know how to talk correctly. Make sure they have a book that they got to read. That you're reading the same book every month. Pick a new book every month, even if it's too hard for them. Pick a book and y'all sit down there and y'all go over it. Yeah. Because it's not happening. They get yeah. home, they get babysitted by the TV. Or that PlayStation or whatever them games. Or that, and now it's the phone, right? They're doing everything over the phone. They're doing everything over, over the phone, man. And, and I, I was telling them, and I was like, you guys don't know. Yeah. I know. And one of them, she said, I know you. I know where you're from. I've been around you. I, people speak about you all the time. Say, yeah, that's what you heard. Yeah. But I said, I said, rapists, pedophiles, and molesters be around people all the time. And you don't know. Yeah. John Wayne Gacy was out here burying people under cement floors and nobody knew. Yeah. You understand? So I was like, man, you guys got to be more involved, bro. Yeah. Maybe 14 more parents might have showed up. Okay. Yeah, but my, maybe about 14 more parents. They came down. They're like, what, what I heard you doing, my kids? Nothing. I ain't doing nothing. I did it to get y'all down here. I'm not going to touch nobody's kids. Not even when I'm angry at them. I'm not going to do that. We're going to have a discussion. And I told them that was the other thing. Are these kids having discussions when they're at home? Because mm -hmm. as young men, if we don't know how to have constructive conversation, it's going to become destructive behavior. And I Absolutely. know that for a fact. Absolutely. I know that for a fact. If you tell me to shut up, don't whine, don't cry, the only emotion I know how to act out of is what? Aggression. Don't be aggressive. You know, and I was telling them, hey, you have to be able to have these conversations with your child. Even whatever it is they want to know. Just say, hey, I don't think you're old enough for that right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or if it's, hey, why can't I go outside? Because I need you to stay in and study. Your, your, your lesson learning and lesson planning is more, uh, uh, more it, 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 it counts more. It's, it's more imperative that you learn that than you, than you go outside and go hang out or that you're on the phone need you to be into your studies and things like that. Um, so these lessons, man, when you when you're out and you see that, bro, I cried, man. I, I'm not gonna even I'm not gonna bullshit you. I bullshit you not. When they told me that, bro, even when I got home, bro. Yeah, it messed you up. Yeah, it, yeah, it fucked me up. It fucked me up. You don't know the impact that you're having until you have one of those moments. And yeah. you're like, oh, oh yeah. My God. Oh. Yeah. I had several of those. Several. From little little bitty ankle biters, man, running up telling me stuff like that, you know. <laughs> And then at the end of the week, you just make you just get like, all right, I'm gonna buy pizza for everybody, or I'm gonna mm -hmm. pick out some dollar 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 street toys or whatever it is, and just put them out. Yo, y'all just pick y'all toys or whatever it is. But I'm gonna tell you, like, I didn't. We didn't always have young young children in the um, in the program. We initially started out. We were doing 14 to 21 because mm -hmm. we wanted to get to high school. We want to because it's like, yo, people kind of think you get to high school, you grown. Like, nah, y'all need help. But when we started um, going into CPS more, we were we would take as low as uh, fourth grade, and um, man, even at a young age, like you said, like there's man, there's such a need, bro. Like I remember being at schools, and I would be out there in the morning when we were um, at certain schools. I'll be out there in the morning when the kids are coming in. There's like a certain time they all start, and I would see the cars pulling up and the kids getting out the car and the parents blowing the weed smoke on them, and I'm like. 
man, like it's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, I had. I had a, have I had a good a... day. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my oh my god! Tell me about it, bro. I saw that so many times. I saw oh. that so many times. And then one of them had at the time some years ago. She had the the ovarian audacity to say <laughs> to me, "Well, I know that you smoke." And I said, "You never seen me do it around your kid, and you never will." Yeah, I told you. That's the standard you have to maintain in front absolutely. of Absolutely, I said I'm more serious about these kids' development than you are. And yeah. she said, "Well, I'm insulted by that." I said, "You should be because the fact that we're arguing about you smoking." Around a child shouldn't even be a question. I shouldn't have even seen that. I shouldn't even smell it. Yeah. Man, please. I said, uh, if you need it that bad, hey, get you some edibles or whatever it is you need. To, you need to make uh, the, the proper arrangements for yourself because these childs look. These childs, these, these children ain't dumb. No, not at all. They're not dumb. Not at all. They're not dumb. The mother is a nurturer uh, of a child. That's the first god or queen that they see in their mind. Mm-hmm. The behavior of the people that they see around. I know that for a fact. I know my nephew picked up on a lot of stuff. Um, the young ladies that considered me they, the, their their uncle, my little nieces, they picked up on a lot of stuff. And they used to tell, as they got older, they said, "You act different from how my dad act, or you act different from how my mom act." Why do you act different? I said, "Because I'm a representation of you, and you're a representation of me, and I'm a mm-hmm. representation of my mom and my yeah. auntie and the people that care about me, and those yeah. who care about me. I, when I go out." When I step out, this is what should be seen. Mm. I am never going to act a complete and utter fucking fool until I'm pushed to that limit. And it's yeah. only be, it's only going to be in self-defense of myself. It's never just going to be out here just wilding out crazy doing stupid stuff. Yeah, I have had my moments. I admit, yeah, of course, you know. Uh, but for the most part, it's not, it's not going to – I'm not going to develop those type of behaviors and attitudes and habits – and spread them to to the youth, and they're watching. Mm-hmm. They, they they see it. They see it, man. These kids, they they looking. They look okay. If that's how she acts, well, okay. Yeah, that's fair. I um, I always think back, like what was um, like what was the thing that made me want to even kind of get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a very weird experience. Okay. Um, on the train one day, middle of the night, going headed to the airport. Uh, for some reason, this is a complete side thing, but for some reason, I'll always be on the train in the middle of the night with, like, all the homeless people and the drunk people, and I felt comfortable. Like, I'm going to sleep. I'm good. And people look at me like, what's wrong with me? I'm like, I'm just... I'm okay. I know what this is. Man, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's, I know you know. What this is. And um, there was a drunk guy next to me, and he was just, I mean, he was in and out and just talking and stuff. And at one point, he woke up and looked at me and was like, there's a younger you waiting for you to come rescue him. Go get him. And then went back into his drunken stupor. And I was like, huh? Like, that's... That was your word, bro. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like... That was your prophecy right there. Yeah, and I was like, okay, okay. I was like, I gotta, I gotta switch up my flow because, man, I'm yeah. not really doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. That was you, it. You know what's the crazy part? Well, not the craziest part. The silliest part of it all is when when you're when you're doing well and you want to do well and you carry yourself in that manner, the the ignorance of people to say that you think that you're better than everybody, you know, like that's that's the thing to me. It's just like, dude, you're you're insecure, mm-hmm. insecure. 
there is no need for you to tell me that I think I'm better than you because I strive to do better. I just want to be better for myself. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I could probably help you if you had a better attitude about it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I hate, I hate those moments when people, oh, you think because, you know, you, you able to wear suits or you go on vacations and you out here doing this, that, and the third, and you done been to an island or whatever, like you think you bet. I don't think anything, man. I think I'm going to another island. That's what I think. I think I got, you know what I mean? But I, I, I don't think I'm better than anybody. Yeah. And I tell them all the time, it's like, it's, it's, that's your perception, but the reality of it is I've worked hard to, to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I choose to dress a certain way at times. Mm-hmm. I choose to go to these places at times because I put the work in. Yeah. Right? I think we've all put the work in, uh, and, and that's the ultimate thing. I desire better for myself. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't just grow up on 87th, 93rd. Like, I was on 62nd Street. I've been around some 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 messed up situations you understand what i'm saying so um knowing that i don't want to go back to that and knowing and thinking that hey man if i end up having a child out here they cannot see this type of stuff yeah those were the motivational things for me and not only were those the motivational things for me not having a father right yeah not having a father was a big motivation for me you know seeing these kids that i'm helping out um I'm able to help them based off my experience in life, not having a father, not having yep. somebody to motivate me and teach me how to do things right. Having people yell at me all the time or, or, or the, the sometime abusive situations that you got to go through to deal with it. It's kind of like, yo, I don't want, if I end up having a child, I don't want them to see this. This is the wrong environment to raise a child in and it needs to be healthy and positive. Yeah, we may go through some struggles at time, but I bet you you're going to have more than what I had. I can mm-hmm. promise you that. You know, so um, I don't know. That's why I am with that. That's why I am with that. You know? It ain't a bad place to be. No, it ain't. It ain't. I, I, I like my life. Um, the next step is more ownership mm-hmm. of whatever I can get my hands on. Probably, well, it ain't probably. It's going to be property. Mm-hmm. That'll be the next step. Um, and then probably retire before anybody knows. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, I ain't gonna run down a full plan, but you know, yeah. just Jamaica somewhere like that, or re- help rebuild Haiti and, and and be out there, man. I, you know, I, uh, I'll say life is good now. Life is good, even in the midst of what's going on. Life yeah. is life is still good. You know, um, I'm happy. I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm able to do this and and connect with people. Uh, get their opinions and talk about their aspirations and goals going forward. Yeah. Uh, life is good, man. I, I prefer this over what it looked like years ago. Oh, without a doubt. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of upset when I keep hearing people say like, I want to go back to normal. I'm like, I don't, I don't want no parts of that. Listen, man, the thing about this situation is it's showing people, showing me the people who have a work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. Showing me the people who are innovative, who know how to hustle, mm-hmm. how to grind, who know how to get out and get it, you know. Um, and I salute them. I salute all of them. The people who haven't figured it out, I salute you as well. But you know, you need to step it up and get on your shit. Yeah. Straight up, you need to step it up. Get on your shit, man. There's just a lot you can do yeah. with these little devices that we got. 
You dig? Yeah. Lots you can do. And I got two of these little devices. I got two phones. I'll be trying. I'm thinking about getting rid of one of them now, but one works better than the other on other stuff. And then I'll be networking, getting yeah. people up on different phones, you know, because this phone don't do that. Hey, listen, it's a lot. It's, it's money to be made out here, man. It definitely is. Yeah. And it ain't it ain't about doing it through this podcast. I just want to do the podcast because I believe, not that I believe, I know that the story, the narrative isn't always being told correctly, right? We know oh, yeah. that. We see that all the time on TV. It's not being told correctly. And that's uh the basis of this and to, to grow it and, and to be able to help others in the process of it too. So that's why I stand with that. Yeah. Have you been able to travel in the last few years? Uh, yeah. Um, so up until, uh, well, of course, this year, um, generally the month of July, which travel for 30 days. Okay. Um, just couldn't, you know, of course, nothing's happening this year. But um, the last couple of years, I've gone to um, Paris. I went to London. Um, traveled all over the United States from Virginia to Florida to California, um, Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, I have this weird thing where I want to see all 50 United States. Really? I know a lot of people want to go out. I, we don't even know what's here, honestly. No, we don't. Like, we well, don't I, know what's here. I, like, you said that, I'm like, yeah, I need to do it because he just said like, it. We don't, we don't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was tweaking out. It's like... Um, driving through Oklahoma, there are so many vast stretches of land that are for sale where they were like, uh, this this 40 acres for sale, $20,000. I'm like, grab it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Grab it. Like, you man. Man. So yeah, I mean, that's that's been my thing, man. I, I really, and even before the COVID, I would prefer, if I'm, if I'm traveling in the States, I prefer to drive to get on a plane because I want to I want to experience everything so um you know I, I want to say I'm I'm probably maybe 45 percent of the United States I've seen it oh, and, wow. I, and I don't mean throw through I mean and I got there stayed a night went and see something like like okay. yeah so I, I want to hit all of the United States okay. um and then I'll get more back into the okay let me go to some of these other places but Quite honestly, I mean, that Paris about, too, that's dope too. I mean, you could train. Yeah, you know, I'm. Yeah, I wasn't gonna do that train. I got on the plane. <laughs> I was like, oh, get I the plane. Oh, yeah, on, yeah nah, people were saying, definitely. I heard about the, the the train. I heard it's like 200 miles an hour. I'm like, mm, it's dope yeah. to, to be able to move <laughs> like that, though, man. I just think I just think it's dope, yeah. you know, to be able to yeah. go from one place to the next. Germany, like yeah. all the places are kind of intertwined or interconnected, you know. Yeah. Like, that you can kind of do that. They're supposed to be doing something like that. They um have a, um, they call it a bullet train or something that they were supposed to be setting up that's supposed to be able to run from like Cleveland to Chicago in 45 minutes or something like that. Really? They're working on some plan. Yeah. Oh, uh, we'll see. I mean, they should have some stuff. I mean. Yeah, it's about time. Because um, China, was it China, Japan, they have it too or something like that, right? Yeah. Because it's like, if you get on like a, uh, like an Amtrak and you like going from here in Chicago to like California, it's like five and a half days. I'm like, bro, y'all need to figure five that out. Like, I'm like, y'all gotta figure that out. Cause I can slide down the interstate faster than that. Like, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you get there in what, two? Yeah. Well it, well, it really depends. If you got dedicated driver, like I like to drive. So yeah. like, first time I went to Texas, 
uh, it was a 15 hour drive. The first nine hours, we did not stop. No, I was before my boys. Yeah, I, I was before my boys. I said, bro, listen, 12 hours before we leave, y'all better stop drinking water because I promise I'm not stopping until we need gas. And I ain't stop. <laughs> I did not stop. Yeah. yeah, that that Illinois trip, getting through Illinois is is wacky. You be like, yo, we still here, man. Yeah, yeah. Ham and all this, like, yo, get me the out of here, bro. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but it's the patience, you know, it's yeah. yeah. But I mean, that was one of the things. I mean, traveling downstate, you know, that really made me want to see other places because I'm like. I'm like, Illinois is big. I'm like, I wonder what else, you know? Yeah, there's some place, there's a place I was told about a couple years ago. And they said um, it was a cave <clears throat> or like a museum that was built um, hundreds of years ago, I'm, I'm guessing. I can't remember. And they said what they found out when, when the cave opened up, they found monuments and pictures that had been dedicated to old kings. Oh wow! Yeah, that had come to get their picture taken, and they said these pictures were mounted up on his wall. He said it was all the United States. Yeah, it says in Southern Illinois. I gotta, I gotta uh, reach out to somebody and find out. But wow. I, this is what I was told. And he said, when you go into the cage, you're gonna see a bunch of black faces of kings and queens. They said they're Asian people and everything, but they came there to this uh, museum or whatever, and they had their picture painted. You know, they were mounted up and they were suited. You know, and they. They were like rich kings or whatever, and they got their picture done, and then they would leave or whatever. They would break bread around the towns or whatever it was, and then they would leave. And I can kind of believe that because when you go back to the story of, uh, was it Mansa Musa? Mm -hmm. uh, the estimated worth of him was, what, $400 billion? Yeah. So when you go back to him, he would go from town to town, and he would cause inflation, and then people would want to take pictures, and not take pictures, but they would want to paint pictures of him. Yeah, you know, do things like that. So I can believe it. I can believe. It. I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of those people that would, that they found out in the cave that they had painted or whatever it was. Um, I, I I I would believe that. Yeah. I, I don't I don't put nothing past um, a great group of people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're finding old make heads that are nine feet tall and they look like you and they look like me. You know, I don't put nothing past <laughs> nobody. But, you know, if you ask certain other people, they'll tell you, aliens did that. You right. know what I mean? So. Yeah. Hey, can we pause for a second? Pause for yeah. station identification? Yeah? Yeah. All right, cool.